the Australian Defence Magazine podcast. Serving the business of defence. With Grant McHeron. Hi everyone and welcome back to the show. This episode, I'll be chatting with Justin Giddings, CEO of the AMDA Foundation, and we'll be talking about the Avalon Australian International Air Show and Aerospace and Defence Exposition, a rather large mouthful, but that's all rapidly approaching at the end of February 2023, so not long now. G'day, Justin. Welcome to the show. G'day, Grant. Thanks for having me. Mate, first up, let's have a chat uh, about an overview of AMDA, its its goals and how it's grown since it was formed just after the Bicentennial Air Show in 1988. Look, it's um, a magnificent organisation. I'm very proud to be part of it. We've been going since uh, 1988, as you said. This will be our 15th air show at Avalon next year. Of course, we haven't had one since uh, 2019. And so missing the 2021 uh, was obviously very disappointing. But um, AMDA's foundation, it's a not-for-profit. It's got a mission to support aerospace, marine Maritime and the Army, as well as um, other things as well. So it's um, a great organisation. It's one that's uh, formed from, you know, really one or two men back in the day through Schofields Airport, and it's evolved into having around 50 employees um, permanently engaged, plus also a lot of people coming on for the air show. So it's a, um, a great spot. It certainly is. And uh, yes, I've uh, interviewed Ian Honnery in the past aviation show I used to run and caught up with him a few times. So quite a fascinating vision of how it's grown and how it's developed. So thanks for that overview. And about yourself, you've recently stepped into the role of CEO. So can you please give us a quick overview of your career to date that's brought you to this point? Yes. So I have a long association with Avalon Airport. Um, I started uh, well, when I finished year 12, actually, I got a job at Avalon Airport as a cleaner and I started cleaning aircraft and worked my way up the chain. I eventually became an aircraft maintenance engineer apprentice um, at Asta Aircraft Services. So I worked on the 747s there. Um, then that closed and I moved across to Avalon Airport where I finished my apprenticeship and then decided that I wasn't a very good engineer at all. So I went back to school, started off with a diploma, then went to university and did, ended up doing a master's and moved from being a, an, an apprentice, aircraft maintenance engineer, to a safety officer and then went across to Essendon Airport, became the commercial manager there eventually, and then back to Avalon as a CEO. So, And then I was CEO of Avalon Airport for 13 years and had a great time. Um, but then Ian Honnery um, decided it was time for his retirement. I mean, he's 74 years young, so <laughs> I think it was to be expected. And uh, and I was given the opportunity to come in, and it's been a great transition for me. Really, it uh, keeps an association with Avalon, which I really love. Um, also, with uh, you know that team, I deal with almost daily, really. Um, but also doing something a little bit different in terms of the events and and the, the mission of the companies are. It's a lot different working for a um, not-for-profit than a um, for-profit company. <laughs> yeah, there are some differences in there, aren't yes. there? So it's great that you're keeping your association with Avalon going, uh, but of course you've got so much more now because AMDA is involved in land forces and uh, Indo-Pacific and so many other events. Coming back though to Avalon, this is the main thrust of what we're looking at here with it coming up so soon. For those who've been to Avalon Airport and seen it when the air show is not on, They'll know that it's large, empty areas of grass. There's taxiways, the main runway. 
And every two years, you transform that into a small town, actually a large town. There's buildings everywhere. There's exhibition tents. There's all sorts of people everywhere. So there's a lot of effort and a lot of work goes into getting that ready. Does starting from an undeveloped site each year constrain what you can do? Oh, look, it has. And um, there's no doubt about that. I was fortunate recently to go and have a look at some other air shows around the world, you know, Riyadh and Oshkosh were two of them. And even they had some basic core infrastructure, which was, you know, able to be leveraged for the air show. So there's no doubt that part of my goals are to establish more permanent exhibition buildings and more permanent facilities. I mean, I think the priority is to get services to the site. We use generators at the moment, um, also you know, better water supplies, maybe sewage systems that you just don't have now, which is a bit boring, um, but certainly will make things a little <laughs> bit um, better for the air show. But definitely, um, I just see the growth of the air show really expanding over the coming years. Um, definitely, that's what I think I was brought into AMDA to do, is to grow the business. Um, I certainly did that at Avalon Airport, and that's um, what we're trying to do. I'm actually preparing a master plan at the moment, which I'm consulting with the uh, Victorian government and obviously the RAF and other stakeholders, where we're going to, you know, step by step, build up the air show into something that's um, really special. And I, look, I genuinely believe that we've got the best flying displays in the world, very broad range of aircraft, different, you know, it's not just all military. We have um, you know, a lot of historical stuff as well as GA Air Sport and commercial. But, I, but if we can just get the infrastructure on the ground right, we could be the best air show in the whole world. And, and that's certainly what we're looking to achieve. Yeah, and, and as you said, it's not the exciting stuff, but it's the essential stuff that helps you build. If you're running, uh, if you're if you're doing comms cables all the time and having portaloos and everything all the time, then yeah, I can appreciate that. So you just touched on a whole lot of what goes on. So how are preparations going for 2023? What's what's completed, and uh, if we go down there now, will we see some major installations, or are they coming soon? If you go down right now, you get bogged. So um, probably my <laughs> biggest concern at the moment is the weather. Um, I did go down this morning just briefly and just to have a look at just you know, how much water was around the place. But fortunately, it hasn't slowed us down yet. So the installations will start to go up in later this month and um, towards you know, into December. Um, but really, the big stuff is starting to, will go up in January, February. So um, this year, we've got multiple suppliers of all the marquees. Previously, we had one supplier, so they would have to start a lot earlier. So things are a little bit different. Um, so, But it is going very well. Um, some of the aircraft that we're expecting to arrive are just awesome. You know, things that have never been to Avalon before. Um, you know, I don't want to give anything away, and I can't yet, but let's just say... You know, we'll, the flying display side of it will be the best we've ever had by far. Um, wow. Yep, so it's going to be really good. Well, we'll come back to the uh, aircraft uh, soon because uh, being an aviation nut, that's what I'm there for. So you've, you've mentioned uh, wanting to establish some permanent infrastructure and so on. I, I, I guess that means that you're wanting to keep the air show at Avalon Airport into the future or do you have a, a date-limited agreement for being able to use the site? So we do have an agreement with Linfox, which will expire um, in the next few years, and I am seeking to extend that um, for another period of time. We haven't gone to those discussions just yet, but certainly if we're going to invest in the site and you know, create this master plan, we need security of tenure. So 
definitely my preference is to remain at Avalon. I just think it's a perfect airport for it. It's got a long runway. It's got plenty of space for parking and the like. It doesn't really impact on the neighbours too much in terms of noise. Um, you know, there's alternatives around, but generally, you know, I just think it's so good for Melbourne and Geelong and the regional Victoria. Certainly, the Victorian government has been great supporters of Avalon for for many many years, and and obviously, I've got a pretty good relationship with them as well. So, I am really trying to ensure that it can maintain at Avalon. So the master plan actually does accommodate future development for the airport. Obviously, I'm aware of what some of the things that they're trying to do. And if we can actually live together, then we can grow together and make it a better air show. So certainly Avalon is um, the number one priority um, site for the air show. Okay. And I guess, have you started doing any alternate planning or assessments as just in case criteria, or are you okay further now and that would happen later? Uh, look, there are alternatives, definitely. Um, and I've had a look around a little bit, but not too much. You know, I've only been there seven months, and my preference and priority is to make sure Avalon works. And I must say, the discussions I had with everyone so far is that um, it will remain at Avalon. So, but, um, you know, you're always keeping the back of your mind um, where you can run things a little bit bigger and better and maybe less expensive as well. That's always, you know, it's a very expensive air show for us to accommodate. But, um, you know, Avalon works well. I mean, there's some things we'd love to do. Um, more aprons for parking aircraft would be great, but that's all in the master plan. Some ways of better circulation of aircraft. At the moment, we've got taxiways that we're parking aircraft on, which make things difficult. So we want to try and fix that up. Uh, but, you know, like I said, it is a perfect airport for it and, you know, that I want to stay. <laughs> I've been attending Avalon since, uh, when was it, 1999. I went as a punter and got the bug and volunteered as air ground. So been doing that a number of years. So the... Uh, Look, as I just mentioned, volunteer, and Avalon does rely on a veritable army of volunteers doing everything from parking cars to marshalling aircraft like I was. And many of the people travel from all around the country to attend. It's almost like a family. Uh, you've got people all staying at the uh, at the campgrounds at Lara. You've got shuttle buses for them. What's involved in establishing, coordinating and feeding this group? Uh, look, it's... Um Probably the strength of Avalon is the strength of its volunteers, really. I mean, we have 600 volunteers. Uh, we put them in accommodation at the nearby Oval where they all camp. We bring them over in buses. We've got a big mess hall. It's called the Boomerang Club, which is specially for them to give them you know, breakfast, lunch and dinner. Uh, I've been, as the CEO of Avalon Airport, I attended a few of the um, nights recognising the volunteers. They've got their own Facebook page. I've been contacting them through there. It was interesting. I was at Wings over Illawarra, um, the other air show, um, much smaller than ours, I must say, um, just the other day. And um, two of their volunteers, Anchor and Lee, came over to me and said that they've you know, introduced themselves. And it was great to see them, you know, and they had been over at Riyadh volunteering as well. And I, I didn't get to see them there, but, you know, they're very excited by it. So I think that's just you know we want to maintain the volunteers we want to look after them because that's adds the that's almost the spirit of the air show in some respects you know we've got a service uh, for uh, volunteers who have passed away on one of the days i think on the thursday or friday of the air show so it's um yeah it's it's a really good thing but it's certainly you know we have to we provide uniforms and stuff so it's not just all about 
uh, money, but it's about bringing in experienced people from around Australia and the world to actually help us deliver this event. So it's, like I said, it's uh, a, a privilege. You know, I, when I did my first Facebook post to the volunteers some um, months ago now, the response I received was outstanding. It was very nice. Yep. No, it's, it's every time I'm there, I've never missed one since. And uh, every time I'm there, it's always great to catch up with everyone, even if I'm doing media or other things and not volunteering, they're still willing to say hi <laughs> and allow, allow me to hang out for a bit. <laughs> well, that does lead to, you've, you've mentioned people who have been volunteering for so many shows and I've, I've recognised people who have been there since I started volunteering. And uh, you know, like much of aviation, there is an ageing workforce, particularly in the maintenance world. And is the ageing of the volunteers an issue or are you finding that you're getting fresh faces, younger people coming in as well? Uh, look, I, like anything, it's, I think it's a bit of a balance there. So obviously we want experienced people at the air show, but we've also got to be mindful that you know the weather conditions can make it very hot or uncomfortable as well. So we try and do our best to accommodate the people who have been there for a long time, who have been so loyal to us. But certainly um, bringing fresh people in and, and new ideas and more of a younger sort of people coming through is important as well. But certainly I'm, I'm of the view that if people are fit and healthy and enough to be able to help us, then we should be helping them. So um, I don't want to rush anyone out. I th- I, we've had a lot of change at AMDA already. You know, a lot of, obviously there's me and others have come into the business and, and this is their first air show. So if we can keep experienced people, um, that's you know, one of my strong objectives. So you mentioned about the sadness of 2021 having to be cancelled, no air show, and that you know COVID still made us upset, even though you pushed back to later in the year. That was going to be a huge show because it was part of the RAF's centenary celebrations. Uh, are some of those celebrations likely to carry over to the 2023 event? Uh, no, we're not. We're not going to celebrate the 100th anniversary anymore. Um, I just think it's gone. Um, it was disappointing. Sure, 2021 was going to be huge, but this is up there. I mean, you know, just today I had a you know, call from um, my guy who runs our aviation department saying that another Air Force has agreed to come in. Um, so it's going to be very, very significant. And I promise you that the flying displays will be the best they've ever been uh, with some of the aircraft we've got coming. It's super, super exciting. Um, we've changed things up a little bit for the next air show in terms of where crowd can go. That's a CASA requirement. But we've been able to move the flying display line closer to the crowd to accommodate that. So it's been no different. Um, you'll be able to get to be as close to the aircraft in the air as what you've always been. And you'll be, get to see some of the best teams in the world. So it's uh, certainly really, really good. <laughs> Fantastic. I'm getting all excited. Um, so it's, it's working. It's great. Um, now, COVID is a problem and it's it's ongoing. I mean, we're, we're through what we hope is the worst of it, but uh, there's going to be waves. So what's changed with the event to accommodate that COVID situation? I think with Avalon, we're very fortunate with COVID in that it's mainly an outdoor event. So you know, predominantly, the exposition, of course, is indoors, but it's a large, big volume of air in there. And so we we think that we're a pretty safe event when you compare to, you know, theatres and other things like that. So certainly we'll have measures in place um, that the government will provide us you know, advice from time to time. We've got COVID plans ready to go and the like. But generally, we believe that um, you know, it will be a very much a normal air show year after you know being cancelled in 2021. So we think that's all behind us now. If it's not, we'll take our measures to 
make sure everybody's safe. But like I said, it is an outdoor environment. It's a big space, and um, I think I think we'll be fine. Yeah, yeah, those trade halls are big. I've been in them a number of times and recording interviews and so on. It's been great, as well as being just looking around and seeing what's there. So that does lead to the aerospace and defence exposition that you did touch on just briefly then. What can we expect? There's there's the public days, the, the Friday and afternoon, Saturday, Sunday. There's the, the trade days, which is sort of the Tuesday onwards. What can we expect from that exposition? Yep, so the exposition will start on the Tuesday through to the Friday around lunchtime. Um, it's, a, again, the biggest one we've ever had. So it's the first time in our history that we've actually sold out all the trade halls. And we've got a waiting list. So we've actually got a waiting list. So it'll be, I think it's about 15 to 20% larger than what it has been before. So much so as in my master plan, I'm actually proposing a fourth trade hall for uh, 2025. So... Um, so some of the highlights is space. So the Australian Space Agency is sponsoring, will have a large presence at the air show. Advanced air mobility, so electric and autonomous helicopters, taxis, etc. Um, there'll be various companies exhibiting there. Um, the international participation is expected to be very, very high. So a lot of the international air forces are um, invited by our chief of air force and. Last week, I'd heard back that of all the RSVPs that he'd received, 100% had said yes, and not only yes, that they'll be bringing aircraft. So I think in, uh, I've got the stats here, in 2019, we had nearly 700 participating companies, 161 official industry and government delegations, but this one's going to be a lot bigger. So <laughs> it's uh, certainly, if you can get a ticket to go to the trade days, you really should because it's... Um, it's going to be spectacular in there. And, um, you know, we've also got a careers and skills side as well. We've made children free for this air show. So, so all children, they actually need to go and get a ticket, but it is free. And so we've got a big careers and skills uh, exposition as well, which will be really big. Now, of course, uh, much can change between our chat now and the show itself occurring. Operational needs can interfere with planned attendances. We all know that until it's actually come in over the fence, landed and taxied in, it hasn't really arrived. But can you give us an indication? I know you sort of teased it a little bit before here and there and sort of said you can't really tell us much, but what can you tell us about what's going to be on display in 2023? So what I can say is that the Australian Air Force will have its biggest display ever and they'll be bringing all of their aircraft that, you know, every type of aircraft that people want to see. So... The Australian Air Force is very good. The US is very, very committed. So we're working very closely with them and they've got some exciting stuff that they're bringing down that I haven't seen at the air show ever. Um, they may have done a flyover once before, but I don't believe they have. But I think what's what's really going to be different this year is that we're getting a lot of other international air forces looking to participate. I just think there's a lot of interest in our region and people are really trying to show their support for the allies, I suppose, in the region. And that's really helping. Um, and having, I suppose, our Minister for Defence, our local member as well, has helped, I must say. So <laughs> a couple of times I've been able to send him a text and just say, mate, I know you're over in this country. Can you just sort of raise this? And that has helped. So That's awesome. So, look, it is looking really good. Like I said before, 
um, colleague of mine, Mick Jennings, came in this morning and said that there's another Air Force that has agreed to come in. There's an aircraft, and I won't give too much away here, Hope, but um, I remember one of my favourite aircraft I ever saw was the Su-27, the Russians, Mm -hmm. back in the day. Well, we're getting something very similar that hasn't been Mm -hmm. in the air show for a long time as well. So, um, like I said, things can change, but at the moment, if I've got any concerns, the least concerns is the number of aircraft and the type of aircraft that are coming. It's going to be really, really good. And like I said, I saw some great stuff overseas, and I said to my colleague at the time, imagine if we can get this, and we think we have. So, but let's just wait and see. Ah, oh, oh, I can't <laughs> wait. Sorry, going all fanboy here. <laughs> no, because the, um, the RAF display on the 2019 show on the Tuesday, I think it was, where they did the Chief of Air Force flyover, that was spectacular. That's right. That's right. So, um, so let's just see. I, I, I do think it'll be the best ever. I really do. And, of course, you know, well, I'm nervous about weather, I'm nervous about other things happening, but generally um, the, the support we're getting from other nations is huge. And it's it's been proven. So Land Forces was our biggest event we've ever had. Indo-Pacific was our largest event we've ever had in terms of international visitation. And so it stands to reason why Avalon will be the same too. Yeah, the region is certainly getting a lot of attention these days, so thus a big presence. So definitely looking forward to that. So we're looking forward to the 2023, but as a final question here, what's your vision for the future across all the exhibitions AMDA Foundation are responsible for? So, look, we need to be true to our our mission, and that is to really foster the development of aviation, maritime, defence. So I would like to see us, like in a few years, you'll, you'll see us running other events across the country. Um, so we're in discussions with other states and territories at the moment about new events. Probably nothing as big as what uh, Avalon is or certainly Indo-Pacific or Land Forces are in terms of exhibition space, which all have larger expositions than Avalon. Um, but certainly, I mentioned before, we've got a master plan that we're finalising at the moment, and that looks really good. It really does reconfigure the site altogether. It has you know, improved grandstands, improved uh, corporate facilities, much improved food and beverage areas, a lot extra car parking, up, up aircraft parking areas as well, um, capacity to taxi aircraft on the taxiway so that we don't have the backtracking issue that we do now. Uh, and also, you know, more entrances, improved transport options to get to the site so and better services. And that does look really, really good. Um, we're meeting the Victorian government on it soon and they're really keen for us to, you know, cement Avalon as the, you know, the, the best air show, certainly in Australia, but well, by far well, but certainly try and really become the best air show in the world. That's really our objective. Um and I think really all we need is to get that land infrastructure right. Yeah, that certainly does help. Well, Justin, is there anything I haven't asked you that you'd like to say while you've got the microphone? No, I don't think so. I think that's um, been excellent. It's a great chat. It's uh, certainly an exciting industry. You know, we're meeting some wonderful people who are really supporting everything we do. So it's been great.
Well, Justin, thank you very much for your time. And yes, that is definitely getting very exciting. Uh, I'm really looking forward to it. And not just because we missed 2021. I always look forward to Avalon, but especially more so this time. So Justin, thanks very much for your time. Look, thanks very much, Grant. And uh, make sure, please get online and get your tickets because uh, we've capped them this year at uh, 80,000 a day, just um, just to try and make sure that everyone enjoys it more and more. So please get online and, um, and uh, we'll see you in Avalon in uh, February. Fantastic. Well, thanks also to everyone for listening once again. And don't forget, if you enjoyed this episode, you can like us on iTunes or your podcatcher of choice as this helps others discover our show. Meanwhile, thanks for tuning in and we'll be back in the not too distant future with another informative episode. The ADM podcast is produced by Southern Skies Media on behalf of Australian Defence Magazine, a Yaffa media title. The views of the people appearing on this podcast do not necessarily represent the views of Australian Defence Magazine, the Department of Defence or the guest's employer. If you wish to use any of the audio in this podcast, please contact Australian Defence Magazine via their website, australiandefence.com.au or via email at defmag at yaffa.com.au. You've been listening to a Yappa Media Podcast. Southern Skies Media.